the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to the disciples, You have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, You shall not murder, and whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you, if you are angry with a brother or sister, you will be liable to judgment. And if you insult a sibling, you will be liable to the council. And if you say, you fool, you will be liable to the hell of fire. So when you are offering your gift at the altar, if you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. And first be reconciled to your sibling. And then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are on the way to court with him. Or your accuser may hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard and you will be thrown into prison. Truly I tell you, you will never get out unless you have paid the last penny. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. For it is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right eye, right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to go into hell. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that anyone who divorces his wife, except on the ground of unchastity, causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, you shall not swear falsely, but carry out the vows you have made to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, either by heaven, for it is the thr throne of God, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let your word be yes, yes, or no, no, anything more than that comes from the evil one. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Well, that Gospel is sure to get a reaction out of you. And we preachers want you to react so you don't fall asleep, particularly at the early 8 or 9 a.m. services. Or so you don't open your phone when you're bored. Or you don't make a grocery list in your mind. We want some reaction, some recognition, a nod, a laugh, maybe some anger, maybe in some sermons a tear, maybe some regret or determination. Now, wouldn't you agree with a lot of scripture texts that we hear in church we go into what I call the default blank-eyed stare. I see you, I know. <laughs> We've heard the stories before, right? We know what the preacher's gonna say sometimes. 
In fact, someone told me they heard a priest use the exact same Christmas Eve story for three years in a row. So one member, one family member, bet another that they'd hear it again that year. And they did. And people around them must have wondered why one particular pew was just kind of rocking from the folks trying to hold back their laughter, especially since the story wasn't funny at all. But today, all I have to do is read that gospel and you have some reaction. Anger, as bad as murder. Lust, as bad as cheating on your spouse. Remarriage is adultery. And if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. If your eye causes you to sin, tear it out. The gospel of the Lord prays to you, O Christ. <laughs> so what is your reaction? Just dismiss it as an ancient religious text out of touch? Or maybe you're wondering, hey, preacher man, what are you going to do with this one? Today's readings are about keeping the commandments, the law, the ordinances of God. Now, on first glance, it seems like Jesus is making things harder. After all, last week he said, unless our righteousness exceeds that of the ultra-pious, we won't enter the kingdom of God. So is that what we're going for? A certificate for being a super Christian who does the right thing, says the right thing? Plenty of folks these days want to flee a religion that is legalistic. Our congregation and its pastors are committed to helping people rediscover faith communities as life-giving, not all about rules or fear-based religion. But wait a minute. Hold your reaction to this text. Jesus is saying something radical, but maybe not in the way we first thought. First, remember that Jesus is a devout Jew who loves the Torah, the law, with all his heart. The law is life-giving. As one writer reminds us, keeping the law is a matter of one's inner disposition, one's heart. It's more than simply what one's hands are up to, what one's mouth says what one does under the belts. Yet we're not off the hook, far from it. Much of the time, we human beings react without thinking. We push send without calming down. We spout self-hatred to half of the country, right? On the wrong side of the issues. We objectify people's bodies. We give lip service to truth-telling while slandering people. 
In these deeply partisan times, journalist Ezra Klein says helpful anger, and there is such a thing as helpful anger, is one thing. But he notices these days something going on he calls anti-politics. It's not anger, it's contempt. I don't even need to deal with you. I'm just writing you or a whole slew of the population off. And in light of today's gospel, that's a kind of violence. Oh, well, everybody's doing it, we say. Everybody's posting on Facebook, even church people. We're just human. Well, one of the main challenges we have as human beings in general, but especially in these times, is our reactivity. It's called the amygdala hijack. You know, the amygdala, the oldest part of the brain, the reptilian part, the fight, flight, freeze part. It gets us in trouble. Rather than thinking first, rather than cooling down first, rather than taking a breath, we are reactive rather than responsive. And I'm preaching to myself here, right? This is all of us. So we act impulsively. We blurt out. We demean people. We let jealousy and quarreling take over, as Paul notes in our second reading. Our posts become rants. Our anxiety and our insecurity, they just take over everybody. So it becomes about our own pleasure, our own security, our own reputation, and that makes it easy to take advantage of other people emotionally, sexually, politically, and sometimes religiously. Jesus has some great advice today to help move us from reaction to response. Now, I don't know what your reaction to the sharing of the peace ritual is in church if you had to define it to someone. Hmm, sounds like a little intermission. A seventh inning stretch where people say good morning to one another. Or maybe you're kind of a shy person that dreads that where you have to turn to six people next to you. But think of it this way. When you're estranged from someone, maybe in this space, or maybe in your home or workplace, Jesus is saying, go to them, shake their hand, embrace them, then come to communion. For what we practice here in this liturgy is what we seek to live outside these doors. So perhaps some of us think a bit too highly of ourselves. And today's texts are a reality check. If we have a defensive reaction, perhaps this is an invitation to take off our mask, to look into our heart, and then fall on the grace and mercy of God. But for those of us already dealing with a fragile self-image, it's a different wake-up call. This isn't about self-loathing. Last weekend, we had 22 kids at a youth retreat. Their theme was the Ten Commandments, and at the heart of the commandments is God's desire that human community flourish through the greatest commandment, love for God and love for neighbor and a healthy love for self. Sin. 
Hmm. Spiritual writer Richard Rohr invites us to see sin like addiction as a destructive disease instead of something for which we're culpable or punishable or makes God unhappy. If we need to say sin makes God unhappy, it is because God loves us, desires nothing more than our happiness, and wills the healing of this disease we call sin. I don't know about you, but doesn't it feel like these days we have no agency? That everything is just set. We have no control over our lives or the world or politics. It's months from the election and people are absolutely sure they know the outcome. So much can happen, right? It's easy to be sucked into a negative rabbit hole that everything's going to pieces and there's nothing we can do. But we can, and we become reactive rather than responsive in those moments, which leads to the great wisdom, the great hope from Deuteronomy. Choose life. Choose life, not death and destruction. In other words, choose to interpret these scriptures through a liberating lens that tells the truth of who we are and the humbling reality that we cannot save ourselves. Choose life. God desires shalom, a beloved community, a way of life that honors the dignity of all people. So instead of treating people like they are disposable, Jesus calls us to a righteousness that reflects the heart of God. It's living our baptism. So I don't know what your reaction is right now. And I don't know about you, but this is why I need a community of faith. I cannot do this on my own. We practice our faith together. We take deep breaths together. We confess our sins and faults together. We leave this place as a community to make a difference in the whole Chicagoland area together. We take stands against injustice, not with contempt for those who differ from us, but with empathy, with empathy for the brokenness right under the surface of everyone. You've heard it said, can I get an amen? But I say to you, can I get a reaction? In other words, keep responding. Keep choosing life. And keep living your baptism.